Welcome into the Galloway Podcast, episode 24. Today is Monday, October 7th, and I'm your host, William Galloway. Thank you for joining, and we want to remind everybody that the Galloway Podcast is now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. So if you're listening on any of those platforms, be sure to let me know, share it on your social media, and let people know that you're listening to the Galloway Podcast. Today we've got Lane Hatcher, former Alabama quarterback last year, and now currently the starting quarterback for the Arkansas State Red Wolves. I want to give a shout out to Dakota Roush and thank him for setting this interview up. He's got some great things to say. Uh, last week, two weeks ago rather, Lane had a fantastic game and uh, led college all of college football in passing yards. He was ahead of Tua. He was ahead of Jalen Hurts, and he'll talk about that. He'll talk about his time, what it was like to be in the locker room with those two guys, what it was like to play under Coach Saban, what is, his relationship is like with uh, Dan Enos, Mike Loxley, and also talking about his team um, and now his job as the starting quarterback at o- uh, Arkansas State. So we're excited to hear from Lane, excited for you guys to listen to that. I want all the feedback, folks. It's going to be a great interview, and I want you uh, to let me know what you think because uh, that's really important. As a listener, I want to hear what you have to think. So before we get into that, we want to remind everybody that there were no college football week six score predictions from Twitter. There is no winner because there was no Alabama game. Could have done another game, didn't, but that's okay. This is the Galloway podcast and there was no Alabama game this weekend. So there's no college football week six score prediction winner. Stay tuned for that tweet coming out on Friday. Remember to follow me on Twitter at WM underscore Galloway. Let's go ahead and kick it to the interview with Lane Hatcher. Folks, I really hope you enjoy this and be sure to share it on social media and please provide all feedback uh, and on your thoughts regarding the interview with Lane Hatcher. Here we go. Lane Hatcher on the Galloway podcast. We're joined now on the Galloway Podcast now by Arkansas State quarterback Lane Hatcher on the hotline for the Galloway Podcast. Lane, how you doing? I'm good, man. I hope you're doing good, too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, college football is in full swing, and no one uh, knows that better than you now, the starting quarterback at Arkansas State. So kind of walk me through these last couple weeks. Um, and, of course, Logan Bonner with the uh, injury to his thumb, and you're now the starter for the Red Wolves. What have the last couple weeks been like for you Um with a lot going on. Yeah, I mean, it, it's been um, it, it's been a big change for sure. Um, it, it sucks that a guy like Logan has to go down when he's waited so long for his turn and put in put in great work. But um, um, you know, when stuff like that happens, you have to step up and do the best you can, and uh, that's just what I'm trying to do right now. Yeah, Lane, two weeks ago uh, when you got that first start, you had an incredible performance going 25 for 35. You threw for 440 yards, had four touchdowns. You also had nine carries for 20 yards. Uh, Talk about that first performance. Were you nervous at all? Um, Apparently you weren't, but what was going through your mind as you were getting that start and then you had the game that you did to get the win over Georgia State? Um, yeah, I was I was nervous leading up to the game. Just uh, didn't want to let my teammates down. But um, I felt like once we were in the game, I had great guys around me, and that took a lot of pressure off me and allowed me to just uh, kind of be free and play the game I love to play like I did as a kid and uh, just go have fun and, and try to throw the ball up to my guys, and, and uh, they made some great plays. They did. It was a close one. It went down to the wire, the 50-43 to 43 win. Um when you look at the the stat lines from that weekend all across the board in college football, you had the most passing yards uh, in all of Division One. 
second was Tua uh, with 418, and Jalen Hurts had 415. What is it like for you to see those names uh, and have you be number one on the board when you were playing with those guys last year at Alabama? Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Obviously, everybody knew they were capable of that, and it was cool to cool to see that I was um, capable of playing at that level. You know, because nobody really knows until they do it. So, um, so it was it was an awesome first experience, and it was awesome to be up there with those guys and see that we were all working together last year, working hard, and now it's all kind of paying off. What do you see laying in the progress from your team and kind of the leadership role that you've had to jump into? Obviously, um, you were committed to Arkansas State uh, senior year of high school, and then you got the Alabama offer, so you came down to Tuscaloosa for a year. But in terms of leadership, how have you seen yourself grow from your time at Alabama to now taking over the job at Arkansas State? Um, I think just uh, some maturity in a lot of ways. Um, was just kind of forced to grow up in some ways. You know, leaving Alabama was – it's really tough on me. I loved it there. I loved everybody there. And uh, but sometimes in life, just stuff doesn't work out. So I think that forced me to grow up a lot. And here, I've kind of um, used that maturity to help me and, and and just trust that there's a bigger plan than what I know. And uh, that it's going to work out in the end, one way or another. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you have stepped up and uh, now getting your name called week in and week out for the Red Wolves back at Arkansas State. Is it is it nice having your family be able to be close um, and have the opportunity just to be – how far away exactly are you from home? Uh, two hours. From, two hours, two hours okay. from my house. So, yeah, I see my parents every weekend and, uh, and my sisters and their kids now. So it's, it's really cool because I didn't get to see some of my nephews last year, but now I get to see them at a – almost every game so it's really cool to be able to see them all the time that's really special uh when you when you think about moving back to arkansas state transferring after your um redshirt freshman season at alabama uh what are kind of some of the decisions you base that off of and what was that transition like from from going from tuscaloosa back home um and going through the spring at alabama then deciding to to head back home to arkansas state yeah, I think just with the, the coaching carousel that sometimes happens in Alabama, um, sometimes stuff just happens that um, that you just got to live with. And, and I think that, that was just uh, just kind of what happened there. You know, some big-time recruits came in, new coaches, uh, and, and sometimes it just doesn't work out in your favor like you hope it would. Um, and uh, love those guys, respect them, um, but uh, sometimes it just doesn't work out for you. And uh and the first coaching staff loved them, loved them too. Was really close with those guys. Still talked to some of them actually. So uh, it's it was just it was just the way it worked out and uh, gave it all I had. So I don't have any regrets about it. But uh, obviously, it's never fun when you have to have to give up on something. Yeah, absolutely. Well, when you look at your relationship with guys like Mike Loxley and Dan Enos, what do you remember most about learning from those guys day in and day out? And what did you get uh, to take away? What were your biggest takeaways? Because it sounds like obviously you have a great relationship with them, still keeping up with them as well as other staff members um, here in Tuscaloosa that are now elsewhere. But what what stands out to you about your relationship and your time with them in the year you had at Alabama? Yeah, I think um, I think Enos was big in and uh, developing me and uh, just studying the game and how I look at it and in preparation and as well as Jalen and Tua and those guys. Uh, really, Jalen. Um, they helped me they helped me grow and kind of in high school where you can just go out there and make plays in college you got to really prepare for it and see it happen before it does so I think that was where they really helped me the most and uh and just developed me mentally um and really uh tried to help me take that next step 
And that next step, obviously, is now at Arkansas State, where you surpassed them two weeks ago in passing yardage numbers. When you Do you ever get the chance to watch them play live? Obviously, you've got to focus on your games, and you've got that going every Saturday. But when you get the chance to, if Alabama's playing an earlier game or a later game, uh, which it was just announced today that Alabama and Tennessee will be an 8 p.m. kickoff, which is uh, those, those new lights in Bryant-Denny Stadium will be interesting. But apart from that, do you get to see Jalen play on TV? Do you get to see Tua play in, on TV um, and, and your former teammates at all? Oh, yeah, for sure. If there's ever a chance, uh, like if we're in the hotel and we got some downtime, I'm, I'm turning on the TV as fast as I can. I'd love to watch Oklahoma. i love to watch Alabama. i love to, I love to just watch football, too. I'm, uh, I love the game, um, so I love being around it. But uh, it's especially it's especially special when you get to watch guys that you know and you know what they've put into it. And uh, it's, a, it's a cool experience. It really is. What are some do your do your teammates kind of pick your brain about certain players at Alabama or certain coaches or, or, or kind of Sabinisms uh, that you kind of picked up on in your time at Alabama? Do your Arkansas State teammates kind of ever pick your brain about things like that? Yeah, I would say they just kind of ask about players. You know, uh, you know a lot of questions about Judy and just kind of some stuff he does and just and just ways that they can they can do stuff like that. But then I get some Alabama guys calling me. You know, just kind of. Not necessarily picking my brain about players, but just asking what we're doing and and what what, what I like about it and any any things that that, that I think is really good, and uh, so it, it works both ways and it, it's cool how that works out because um, it's just uh, a common relationship that guys with guys that love football and want to get better. Yeah, absolutely, and you'll you'll have that respect because I mean you were playing alongside those guys all of last year. Lane, tell me more about your relationship. Let's we'll start with Tua specifically. You talked about Jalen a little bit, um, but talk about your your relationship off the field and what he's like in the locker room, but also what you see in him as a quarterback uh, because he's he puts up these numbers week in and week out, and it's it's almost like video game numbers. And people think that it's just kind of Tua being Tua, but it is it's something exceptional that college football. Um, is, is shouldn't take for granted every week to see guys like you and and Tua put up these big numbers. Yeah, I think he's he's got phenomenal guys around him, and then you, when you put his arm talent with that, it, it can just be scary. Especially, um, uh, you know, um, when they have it, you know, they're about to get in the real tough part of their schedule. But even then, I think he's going to be doing the same thing. But right now, it, it seems like it's almost like it, he doesn't even have to try to do it which uh, he's got one of the most gifted arms I've seen, the ability to just make the ball dance in the air. Um, And then when you put the guys around them, that even when it doesn't just perfect, they still don't make a play. Um, So it's just one of those things that there's a hundred reasons why why they're so good. It's fun to watch. It really is. And then in the locker room, is he – more of a vocal leader because he he and Jalen always seem very uh, composed, um, but off the field, what are they like in terms of their personality in the locker room and kind of how they interact with other quarterbacks and other guys on the team? Yeah, I think Tua is just one of those guys that he's not going to get on to guys. He's one of those guys that's, that's going to love him and, and a lead-by-example type of guy, and, and he's going to have the guys that love him so much that they want to do right. It's not that he's going to really get on guys. That's that's not his personality type. He's a laid-back guy. Um, he just wants to he wants to love his love his brothers and just have a good time doing it and, and get them to love it so much that they want to do what's right. 
He definitely has that kind of charisma, and I think that comes from um, kind of his parents and the support that they've given him. And you see that now with uh, he the way he kind of treats Talia and uh, how they're very professional on the field, but also like to have fun off the field as well. Of, uh, Alabama fans and folks follow them on social media. Talia and two are getting after it in the weight room. Um, after they got back from Alabama, got back from Duke in the season opener, they were in the weight room at 10 p.m. at night. Talk about some of the work ethics of guys that you remember at Alabama that stand out to you, guys that will go and put in that extra work um, and maybe don't get headlines and highlights on ESPN night in and night out, but kind of guys that, that stand out to you in your mind that those were some great teammates because of their work ethic and kind of their leadership. Two guys that really stick out were in the spring when they just got there was uh, Shane Lee, who's obviously starting out at linebacker. He uh, he really he really was a guy that was going to work every night. I, I would go up there about um, I'd go up there eight thirty to ten thirty to go watch film usually, and, and he was up there every night. And I uh, still keep in touch with him just because of the respect that I had for a kid that right when he got there he wasn't afraid to be up there at night. And, and some guys um, at some places maybe get offended thinking you're trying to undermine him, but no, he just wanted to be better. And uh, John Mechie was, was just like that. They were best buddies, so they were always up there together. So it, it's guys like that that there's, it's not as a re- there's not just a, um, it's not just luck that they're playing as true freshmen. Uh, there's a reason why they're out there, and it's because they're willing to work and sacrifice more than some people are. Yeah, Mechie is on that, that stout group of receivers. Uh, last year in practice, when you look at those guys and the talent that you were throwing to, did it ever – pop in your mind that you could be throwing to potentially three, four, even five future first-round draft picks? Oh, yeah. I think we knew that a long time before uh, before anybody else did, and it, it was cool to do that last year. And, uh, and then I think we got guys here at Arkansas State, Omar Bayless. I don't know if you've kept up with him, but he's leading the nation in yards, and I think he's leading it in touchdowns too. Uh, he'd be right there with those guys, and, and he's going to play at the next level and be something special. So you see that here at Arkansas State, too. It's not just a Alabama thing. I think the receiver in class for this year is uh, exceptionally strong all around the country. Yeah, and, and talk about your relationship with Bayless and how that's kind of grown um, now that you've gotten this starting job. For you personally, what's it like to work with him? Yeah, I think he's just um, a phenomenal human being and a guy that works and is willing to sacrifice, and it's just – now the whole world's getting to see what everybody here's seen for a long time. Um, he's one of the best best guys I've ever been around. Um, he was he was one of my best friends here when I just got here, and I was the backup quarterback. And, and for a fifth year senior that's got one semester left and is only focused on football, he didn't have to be that guy. And I think now it's paying off, and now we're really we really got a great chemistry together, and he's he's making plays like nobody's ever seen. When you look, Lane, at the rest of your schedule, uh, you've got a lot of conference play left, but you've got a bye week this week to get ready for the upcoming game. I think it's uh, yeah, Louisiana Lafayette uh, next yeah. Thursday. What kind of stands out on your schedule? Obviously, um, as a guy who's been through Coach Saban's program, now at Arkansas State, you, you, you're embedded in the process of taking it one game at a time. Uh, but if you could kind of speak to your schedule and kind of the conference that y'all have to go to, um, what, t- tell us more about like Arkansas State in general and kind of y'all's process and, and what y'all's coach puts you through and things like that in the Sun Belt. 
Um, it's very similar. You know, we we got to win each week, and in, uh, in our conference, just just like in the SEC, I think I think everybody's capable of beating anybody. Um, like for example, uh, Louisiana Lafayette's picked to win our conference, and we gotta we gotta go beat them this week, and uh, we feel like we have all the capability in the world to do so. And um, and we plan on doing so. That that's how that's how we work. Just like just similar to Alabama, you got to take it a week at a time. It's a long football season. People get hurt. People people don't last. Um, you just gotta you just gotta keep fighting, and, and it'll work out in the end if you keep fighting. Absolutely. Well, Alabama, Arkansas State, both fighting for something each respectively. You're fighting, and you got that starting job two weeks ago, Lane. When you look at back at your time at Alabama. Obviously, I feel like I have to ask you about Coach Saban. First of all, first question, what is it like to play for Coach Saban? And then do you have any stories? I know Josh Jacobs went on the Dan Patrick Show a couple weeks ago, had a funny story about Coach Saban and uh, some of the more relaxed side of him that that the media and, and fans don't really get to see. So do you have any funny stories about that? And in general, what was it like for you to play under Coach Saban? Um, for me, the biggest thing with him, I just think it was cool to see that a guy at the top of the top of the football game who could easily relax and, and and let go a little bit. He was the first guy there and the last guy out. Well, when I was leaving at ten thirty or eleven at night, and I felt like I was the last guy there, he'd usually be walking out about the same time. And but he got there at five a.m. when I got there at eight a.m. So he got in three more hours than everybody else in the world. And there's no surprise why why he dominates. He's he's willing to sacrifice more than more than the rest of the world is and, and that's just the way it works out if you're willing to sacrifice you usually end up winning and uh, so I think that was just exceptional to see that a guy even at his age and, and what he's accomplished he hasn't let up he, he he's keep, keep stomping keep pushing which is something I think this world needs a lot more of yeah. and then uh, just a cool story I think I don't know if I have a specific one necessarily but just the way um, you know he in a way, uh, you know, some guys called him Grandpa Nick um, just because he, he loved to explain life lessons through a story or through an analogy. So it was like you were sitting on the front porch with, the, with your grandpa sometimes and he was telling a story to the team about how uh, about how um, something was something worked out. So, so no specific story, but just he loved to have his analogies. And you see it in the media a lot. Just he kind of tells a funny story of how he explains a life lesson. So just cool stuff like that. They, talking about the back in the coal mining days back in West Virginia and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one more question, too. Um, and if it's it's more of a, a processed question, but can you kind of walk us through what it's like to be a student athlete now at Arkansas State but at Alabama because people see um, – the like the nutrition side of things, the weight side of things, the off season, kind of the grind that players go through. Can you kind of talk to me about um, both Alabama and Arkansas State and what it's like for you personally to balance school, to balance being starting quarterback, um, and all that stuff, and also kind of the amenities that you're given, um, and talk about what that's meant for you and kind of how you've grown in college through being a student athlete. Um, I think. I think people see a lot of the positives of it, and I think there's a lot there's a lot of stress that goes into it because, um, like it or not, these guys are looked at and judged by thousands. Um, and that's not to say that it's unfair because it's not. We we live an extremely blessed life. We we get to see parts of the world that we would never see otherwise. We get COA now. You know, you, you get a lot of things taken care of. I'd say the hardest part for me was just being away. 
um, and I really got used to it at Bama because I developed such great friends, and, and it was such a fun place. And, and just like here at Jonesboro, um, you, you get to you get so much stuff that you kind of get your mind off uh, being homesick or this and that. But I'd say that's just the hardest part. When everybody gets to go home in the summer, you get to stay and work out. Not to say we didn't have fun times and go out on the town and do this and that, but um, it was tough sometimes. You know, you wanted to go home for uh, a holiday or a mom's birthday or something you didn't get to. But uh, I'd say that's just the toughest part of it. But it, you, you know that when you get in the game, and if you can't handle that, you need to get out pretty soon because it's, it's going to be a long time. and There's going to be some down times, just like I think with, with everything. Um, there were definitely some lonely times, but there were also some of the greatest times of your life, and, and you wouldn't change it for anything. So it's just one of those things that for, every, for all the great amenities, yes, uh, I think student-athletes deserve them and probably it and some, but uh, I think it, it's what they deserve and people who people shouldn't be complaining about it. It's just uh, a part of the game, and, and I love it and uh, wouldn't change it, wouldn't change anything about it, and uh, it's been a it's been a great blessing so far. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Lane Hatcher on the Galloway Podcast, you've done a great job in your two starting weeks and look forward to seeing your progress as you go throughout your season and best of luck against Louisiana next week. Lane, thanks so much for joining. Appreciate it, buddy. Thanks again to Lane Hatcher for joining the podcast. Enjoyed talking to him. Any feedback you guys have, I'd love to hear. I think it's really cool to hear someone who played alongside Jalen Hurts, alongside Tua Tungavailoa, and he is doing a great job, obviously, now at Arkansas State, lighting up the numbers. They've got a bye week this week, as you heard him say, and kind of he's in that stage of preparation for that. He's locked in because of the process he learned at Alabama. A lot of the um, there are a lot of parallels, is what he said, from Arkansas State to Alabama. And so, really, just want to thank Lane one more time for joining the podcast and kind of filling us in on his time at Alabama, what it was like in that transition, what it's like taking over as the starting quarterback at Arkansas State. So, I hope you folks enjoyed that here on the Galloway Podcast. One more comment before we head off Jalen Hurts and head uh, on the topic of Jalen Hurts. He had a comment on the Red River rivalry. He was asked, about the upcoming game between the Sooners and the Texas Longhorns. And he said to the media, I've played in the Iron Bowl. I think I'll be fine. And I think he was partially kidding, but I think he's also super serious because Jalen obviously is still um, has, has part of his heart with Alabama is what it feels like. Obviously, he's embedded in Nick Saban's process, and I think Alabama is still very much um, on his heart. And Al- he, he – carried what he did at Alabama because he wouldn't be where he is without his experience playing for Coach Saban and playing for Alabama. And I think part of that is he carries the Iron Bowl with him, and he knows how big of a rivalry that is between Alabama and Auburn fans. He knows what that means to the players. He knows what it means to the fans. He knows what it means to the coaches. He was in it for three years, and there's there's just – so much to say on what he did for Alabama, um, but also kind of the way he defended the Iron Bowl and that rivalry. I think he was so serious when he said, I can handle this Red River rivalry because I've played in the mecca of college football talking about the Alabama and Auburn and what I believe he believes is the biggest rivalry. So Jalen Hurts giving a shout out to Alabama on that. So thank you, Jalen, for Staying with the Tide and repping the Tide, as always, we support you fully down here in Tuscaloosa. I want to remind everybody that podcast merchandise is quickly 
coming available. Becoming available and hats should be in soon. The Second Order Galloway podcast hats, white Nike hats with a logo on the front, a Nike swoosh on the back. You're going to want to check those out. Be sure to follow me on Twitter. And uh, for more information on how to get those hats, podcast koozies coming out as well. Thank you for listening. Please tweet me with any feedback. Share this podcast. Remember, we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Lane. Thank you, Dakota Roush, for setting this up. This is the Galloway Podcast, where there's the right way, there's the wrong way, and there's the Galloway. (laughs) 